Act Two of The Witch Wife by Henry Spicer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One Apartment in a hunting lodge, opening in the forest. Enter Martin and Gab. I say again, I'm satisfied. I say I've every reason to be no less pleased and flattered by such notice. Why, you saw our meeting? Plain enough. If that meant love, heaven keep me from its tokens. I confess, my nymph is somewhat of the panther kind, as stern as beautiful. A pleasant beast for semblance that accepts her love with growls below all vocal divings, and soft pats but smash a human occiput. Come, come, you're disappointed. Own it. Not at all. Last night I added to my calendar a golden day. A what? A golden day. Those, sir, uh, are golden days on which I hold converse with Mistress Cecil. So, it seems the ice is broken. Uh, not precisely. She never fails to greet me, but, to say truth, my tongue has up to this time steadfastly declined articulation then what passes oh this ah master gab or else good morning sir or here's a fine day master gab for thus as though to keep me long at her sight she'll spin out commonplaces sometimes tis most sweet and graceful and confining as should you mean goody plumstick gathering wood Say that I have been at her cot, and left her what will cure her toothache. These are golden days, and so recorded. Silver ones are those on which we meet, but speak not. And all else are of that blank complexion, that no base dishonoured metal's poor enough to note their sadness in. Why then, in point of fact, your suit stands still? Sir, on the contrary, it flies, it rushes. <laughs> Drops a paper. Hello there. What? Snatches it up. Another poem? Ha. Well, read. I know you're in honourable hands. Martin reads. He whose time mellow judgment as it fit holds passion reference and silence wit. He that hath love hath courage, time and power, should read the stars this night on Malkin Tower. And pray... Where found you this mysterious bidding? Pinned, like a sweet postscript, to a loving scroll, whereon this teeming brain had lately spent some idleness in rhyme. You'll go? Gab, gravely. I will. Poor thing. One can't do less, you know. Perchance, two can do more. I'll go with you. Why, uh, you see, she doesn't propose that. As you will. Only take care. Care? Huh? You have no faith in such things. One in your lost state believes in nothing but his mistress. Such things? What things? Why, know you not that yonder Malkin Tower's a sort of witch cathedral? All the hags of the district gather there to consecrate unholy Sabbaths, raising, we may say, in truth, the devil's own row, since he himself presides there. How's the moon? Why, as I live, it is their very night, their storm, their revel, their St. Walpurga. Is it? Hang it now. 
That's most unlucky. Stay, I think I know a counter charm. There's Matthew Hopkins. I'll do him out once, and bid him lay his nets for a fine haul. A brilliant thought about it. Why, there he passes. After him at once. The time draws on. Tis noon already. No! Exeunt. Scene two. Sir Gerald study. Sir Gerald studying Cecile. Quod erat demonstratum. Wondrous volume. Thou philosophical magic, mass of marvels. How through thy clear yet complex tracery of line and circle mighty truths evolve and grow to life. Why, pet? Cecile, starting, drops her book. Dear uncle. Come, I've solved my problem. Let's have yours. It seems the harder, love. Why don't you talk? Cecile, smiling. And spoil some great discovery? Sir Gerald, gravely. You would not, Cecile. Talk when you will, my child. I can resign with ease the filmiest and most subtle thread of argument. And when your voice has hushed its music, turn, old spider as I am, to my unbroken meshes. But tis because that happy spirit, like a hidden sun, is ever beaming on me. So our blood runs its articulate course, dispensing life, vigor, and health through this wrought frame, the while the functions of the busy brain proceed, and feeling heed it not. Come, let us hear your voice. Speak. Ask. Sometimes I cannot hold pace with your questions. So I will. Now listen. Dear uncle, you are very learned. Sir Gerald, smiling. Indeed. Who told you so? But are you not? Well, well, a thing or so, perhaps. Learned and kind and just? I hope so, chick. Cecile starts up and throws herself on his neck. You don't believe Nurse Allison's a witch? You don't believe there's one in the wood, in the country, in the land, in earth or heaven? You, uncle, grave and wise, cannot yield up your great prerogative of reason, judgment, truth, to that wild dream, born of an idiot's fancy, nursed by knaves, insult to nature and to nature's god, that hideous, writhing mockery of nothing that men call witchcraft. Soft, nay, soft, my child. There, be composed. I never saw you thus before. These matters are too deep and strange for your young judgment yet. Some ten years hence we'll argue them. Some ten years hence? And what till then? Go, darling, run to Mistress Frill. Tis school time, eh? First promise. What? To give no heed to any that shall seek to use your warrant and the name of English law against poor souls like Allison. Come, come, what know you of these matters? Till tomorrow. That's but a day. I cannot promise, child. I'm but a servant of the Commonweal. I trust to hear no more on it. Wait, at least till you've consulted Master Needham. I consult? Come to your lessons. Stay, how dare you go without kissing me? Cecile runs back and kisses him. There, there, remember. Exit. Sir Gerald, looking after. It's odd enough. I always thought till now Dame Nature, through her fair gradations, glides with steps so slow and noiseless that no eye detects the stealthy movement. Hitherto the babe we nurse on Monday is not much too big on Tuesday. Nay, a fortnight thence may still be danced and fondled. Now it seems the world's received an impetus, a spur. The toy we dote on goes to rest a child and rises woman. Enter Hopkins hastily. Stern follows. A fine dance indeed. High time I came among ye. Here we've plumped into the heart of witchdom. 
What do you say to that, Sir Gerald? Sir Gerald, abstracted. That, sir, if the bases and altitudes of solid parallelograms be but reciprocally proportional, the parallelopipeds are equal to. Tis most unanswerable. Aside. The old fool, as well accost a milestone. Sir, I need your warrant to take certain rogues suspect of devilish arts. A warrant and, perchance, more power to— Power, sir? Where's your lever? Lever? Sir, the immortal genius Archimedes wrote, uh, tis in science annals, Give, wrote he, give me a lever only big enough, and a mere place to fix it, and therewith I'll move the world. Great man. A wizard, sir. And that perforce recalls me from your wise, instructive converse to the work in hand. That warrant? Haste! Sir Gerald, aside. Now could I but divert their thoughts till Marchmont Needham comes. Let's see, some lively problem. Master Hopkins, one of your grave aspect, cannot but have drunk at geometric fountains, reveled in the luxury of angles. Hopkins, aside. We must try another system with him. Sir, I've given my brightest years to mathematical lore and found all's nothing. Algebra's a hoax, Euclid a humbug, a pedantic ass. I saw it and exposed him. Did you so? Oblige me with a trifling illustration of his absurdities. Just cause to meet two parallel lines, or will you square the circle? Square what? The circle. Hopkins, boldly. Yes. The deuce you will. Science has offered some ten thousand crowns to him shall do it. She has. The liberal soul, I'm half ashamed to take it. Nevertheless, just to oblige. Now, sir, attend to me. Takes the chalk and approaches board. A is a country justice, kind but weak. B is a zealous witch-destroyer, thwarted and crossed by A. C is the public, looking to both for comfort and protection. Well. Sir Gerald, reluctantly. The point is clear. Most lucid. Or again, let A, B, C be certain witches. D, the, the devil and e a ducking pond now then tis plain that lines from a b c produced to e and there united passing downward to d get their desert and there we'll with permission leave them and proceed to business now sir offers pen and paper sir gerald writes reluctantly you will need some aid to back the warrant eh let's see let's see old simon mopchase bedrid to be sure but then his name as constable no fear i've three stout villains pious knaves enough who put their trust in god and carry cudgels and richard stern the eloquent ere you sleep look for some news sir gerald plenty exeunt hopkins and stern sir gerald alone there tis done and now as eager to reproach my too precipitate yielding here comes Needham. Enter Marchmont Needham. Why, you seem breathless. What's the matter, boy? Does yonder ruffian lie? These walls contain no ruffians, Master Needham. True, Sir Gerald. They have attained their object. They have wrung from your unthinking judgment what the law wisely withheld, and have set forth to grasp their helpless prey at will. This little pen has pricked a vein of innocent blood, will drain the life from bosoms that ne'er beat with aught but love to you, Goodwill and charity to all mankind. 
Shame, shame, sir. Master Needham, I would forgive this speech. You're hot and young. Age, sir, that dims our eyes, destroys at least that fine false medium which in early years clothes guilt in rosy attributes. Enough, sit down, and I'll reward you with a problem unmatched in simple grandeur. Let— Excuse me, this nonsense. Sir Gerald, starting up. Nonsense? Look, sir, here's a problem. Asks no great wit to solve. See, from this point, this center, A, my manor house, I draw a circle, B, C, D, within the which I do not ask your entrance. Exit. I was wrong to cross his humor, yet so far it spares expenditure of thanks and compliment, for here's a more implacable summoner, chiding me hence. Takes out a letter. What madness chains you, man? What spell beguiles you from the noble strife your soul was pledged to? Wherefore cast your staff aside, and like a tiny pilgrim sit, dreaming beside the waters? Up! Awake! Come to life's battle, and earn rest. The worn and wayward sleep thou art neither. Good blood, friend, I love thee. Have thy will, and yet methinks e'en their stoic nature might discern discretion in my madness. Am I asked what spell? Ah, Cecile, it replies. Enter Cecile and Maggie do that and then return i'll keep your skipping rope twill bring you back the sooner exit maggie master needham with that grave aspect what's the matter sir i cannot laugh cecile skipping nor skip there mind your eye i saw you wink keep off then cecile cecile well what's the matter Oh, I did not tell you our frolic for tonight. Tis all arranged. Masks, dresses, broomsticks. Needham, amazed. What do you mean? A feast of little witches, sir, is held tonight in the dells of Pendle Forest. There's a moon brightening expressly. Dews will keep their distance. And there's a band of merry forest minstrels led by one Signor Chicala, engaged to dance. You'll be there? alas i must to horse within this hour to horse at once and make haste back sir i shall be too happy of course you will be back by half-past nine for at that wizard hour sir gerald mole will be in the moon with euclid mistress frill in a laced nightcap safe in bed and i with twenty other madcap damsels called out of my village pets o oh, the vicinage holding a banquet in the malkin tower shall craze the owls that mope there are you mad or jesting neither sir ere now you've told me more truly than politely i was strange in fancy as indeed defying rule marching to strange not all unworthy ends by quick cross-paths while others will jog round pay toll and pass more safely and in truth you're right enough i fear for when at chess i beat my uncle dear old dreamer planning some wondrous game with a quick thought at once conceived and execute he cries ah pia absurd unscientific so it was but then it won the game and may i know the secret of your present plan that seems to my plain heavy judgment dark enough and, and perilous withal assuredly the plot sir has two branches mr gab loves me and needs discouragement he therefore has been beguiled to meet you'll not guess whom and here i'll not say what 
a graver end is this to prove to such as on pretext of witchcraft dog the steps and hunt the life of every lame and ancient gentlewoman that they are fools and might as well harm me for may-day masking and fantastic sports as those for sorcery ridicules the cure for these witch-seekers never trust my word if i don't make them dance to-night to a tune shall hiss them from the country would to heaven i might have stayed to-night would but to mix with this unmellowed plot a drop or two of plain discretion but i must be gone must bid farewell sweet cecile will you hold your poor friend in remembrance will you cecile cecile faintly you are saying this to vex me tis too true i go to-night why then you're very cruel i thought you loved us all that's why i've teased you you might have studied euclid all day long in peace and comfort else and now you leave the hawk the spaniels mistress frill and me and more than these than all the kind old man that loves and leans on you but he himself desires it and were that not so a voice as potent calls me cecile cecile passionately go then go why do you wait what care for here oh heaven to dwell six happy months accepting love respect and hospitality and when you've stolen our fancies just turn on your heel and part tis cruel cruel we're well rid of such a guest i'm very glad to lose you only it breaks my heart bursts into tears what do i hear away suspense throws himself at her feet o oh, cecile o oh, sweet bird start not to hear this strange and sudden tongue i love you cecile common love needs time and grace to perfect it but mine was born gigantic sprang to manhood at a leap and stretches to you its true honest arms offering a refuge where your love shall in its own good season flourish too you blush you tremble cecile do you love me i perhaps i i'm not sure you needn't ask such downright questions cecile i must take my fortune with me sweet one can you guess what love is yes amour of course it was my first french noun i asked dear mistress frill the meaning and she hemmed and hawed and frowned first simpered then looked stern and said at last a longing for sour fruit good madam nature interprets far more sweetly cecile speak i love you will you be my wife you love and you'll be gone to-night it is love's self that spurs me sweet you shall know all meanwhile this scholar's gown grows threadbare i must woo dame fortune for a fitter no in that and that alone approach me there's my hand kiss gentler why the eloquence that scorch on the dumb lip can find no better vent than burning kisses oh be faithful to me be kind be loving but in a few short weeks then reunited passing hand in hand into the sunny vista love's bright world we'll make its paths eternal now farewell farewell one kiss my cecile oh the music of those sweet wedded words and you'll give up for my sake will you not this wizard scheme to-night cecile smiling i've little heart for it now believe me but it's too late indeed well dearest may the kind intent hallow the mystic means you work with one word and i go sweet cecile there are some points in every life wherein all wandering rays of happiness converge 
even in such haven such sweet sheltering bay we anchor now then loveliest once more search thy heart if change went first prompting here here in this quiet wilderness my fate interpret to me so content i am to know the world no nearer here i'd pause here at thy feet lie down here rest here die cecile smiling the search were fruitless sir i never loved until you taught me if the lesson's good lies in the proof i doubt o oh, marchmount marchmount may heaven forgive you sweet for what you've spoiled the calmest sunniest and most innocent dream i thought i was a child oh love 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 if you enrich us tis but a debt repaid you robbed us first therefore we owe you nothing i am a slave now must be docile grave never climb trees again nor care for skipping oh if you knew how i have nursed this dream this happy careless thoughtless tearless dream you would have spared it for a while not plucked this young old age upon me heaven forgive you i won't till you return aside who knows perhaps you'll come the sooner for it needham eagerly cecile cecile motions him away there leave me don't speak away i say exit needham gone gone bursts into tears end of act two